is the Seahawkers podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and I am joined by my good buddies, Adam Emmert and Clinton Bonner, as we have some news this week about our quarterback, Geno Smith. Geno Smith was facing a, a deadline of whether or not he would remain on the roster if he were to be cut. Then the Seahawks would gain all the salary cap space that he was due. But instead, the Seahawks decide to keep him. Not only do they keep him, but they do a restructuring on his contract. We're going to get into it. What does it mean? What does it all mean? Clinton, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm fired up for Gino. Look, I've got takes on that. We'll we'll discuss in, in a little bit. Uh, I just want to say to all the Gino haters out there still, uh, do you enjoy being wrong? Do you enjoy being wrong over and over and over again and like ignoring, you know, eyeballs and eye tests and then advanced metrics? Gino is really good. And I'm very uh, hopeful that this latest move just keeps him, keeps him with our Seahawks because the Duke could ball. Adam, how about you, dude? How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I like the move. I want to keep Gino. I think the stability is going to help as we make this transition to the new coaching staff and, you know, get Brian Grubb being able to implement his scheme and all of that. I do think that the idea of having Grubb with very little or no NFL experience, having a guy in that from the NFL in Gino that's been around so many different organizations and great quarterbacks and different systems and all that stuff. I think that's somebody that he can lean on it. And I think that could be super helpful and help smooth the transition into the NFL for Grubb. And that's one of the things I'm excited about. It feels like a tough time to try and make a transition, especially to a brand new rookie quarterback to say if they were to draft with their first draft pick and yeah, just automatically turn over the reins. I would expect if they were to draft a quarterback still, that's not off the table. I, I think that there's, you can't look at this news and go, Oh, well, there's no way they're drafting a quarterback this year. It's a deep quarterback draft class. It doesn't have to be the, one of the first three guys there's, there's still going to be other quarterbacks available to draft And we hope that John Schneider, after all the talk year after year, that he may actually draft one. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into exactly what this means because well, let's bring up the salary for Gino real quick, because this was before the restructure happened. I went to overthecap.com and just screenshotted it before they got the new numbers in there. This is what Gino was set to make in 2024. It was a $12.7 million base salary and 8.7 million roster bonus or prorated bonus. So when you see prorated bonus, that's the guaranteed money that they usually sign to the player right when they sign their initial contract that goes into the prorated bonus. They can spread that out over the length of the contract. That's part of what benefit you get by signing a guy to a multiple year deal. Then you get a kind of a lower cap hit up front. And what he had was this 9.8 million non prorated bonuses in his contract that was set to uh, kick in, I think right at the beginning of the new league year. And he has a uh, 12.7 guaranteed salary. So that's just his base salary. That's the 12.7 is what kicked in this past week. Once he stayed on the roster, if they would have cut him, they wouldn't have had to pay that guaranteed salary, but they would have had to pay the prorated bonus as dead money. So that kind of gives you an idea, at least for 2024, what he was due. We can look at 2025 too, because he also has that prorated bonus, like I said, spread out over the length of his contract. So 
at this point in time, it was still 8.7. And then he would have had another 10.2 of the, the non-prorated bonuses for 2025. So Gino under contract for two more years. And what they ended up doing, the Seahawks, in terms of restructuring his contract. Now, when you do a restructure, you can take all of the base salary. You can take all of the non-prorated bonuses. So they could have taken almost all of this $12.7 million. I, I think there's a certain number that you have to, to stay at. And you can take the non-prorated bonus money. And you could push that all into prorated bonus and spread it out over two years if you wanted to. What they did, though, they didn't take all of it. Essentially, what they did was they took the $9.8 million of non-prorated bonuses and they spread that out over two years. That goes into bonus money. His base salary stays the same. And why that, I think, is important. If we're talking about Gino as a trade candidate, maybe you do want to reduce his base salary even farther down because when a, a team makes a trade for a player all they're taking on is that player's base salary. All the prorated bonus stays with the initial team because they already paid it out. Because uh, when that converts over, then it's a, a payment to the player, essentially. So I, I think if we were to look at that base salary going down, maybe we look at that and say it makes him a more attractive trade candidate. I, I think it really doesn't change because his base salary has stayed the same. So I want to get get it right because I think that's thank you by the way that was the best visual. Hope folks are watching on YouTube. If you're listening on audio, that's fine too. But YouTube be a lot better for that one because we had the the graph up there in the sheets. So basically, what was column three got shifted to column two. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. Cool. But I think the and the spread biggest, out over two years instead of just paid this year. Yeah, for sure. And I think the biggest nugget though, like if, you know, I'm on Twitter every day and people are arguing back and forth whether or not. This is, it means it's more or less likely Gino will get traded, guys. But Brandon, what you just laid out is like, well, it didn't move the trade market one iota because the 12.7 is a 12.7. So, yes, that's already an attractive number for trading. But in mm -hmm. terms of did he become more tradable? No, it just means that the Seahawks locked in money guaranteed to Gino. Yes, spread, spread out over two years, but money that they would have had to decide by March 18th if they were going to do or not. And they sped up that clock and said, yes, we're doing that. So I don't know about you guys. That seems to me a, as a move towards, yeah, Gino is the man in, in 24 is the cleanest way I could read that. It would make it less likely, I suppose, that he were to be traded before that March 18th deadline, because you're, like you said, you're speeding up that process. When a trade, if a trade were to happen, I think maybe those non-prorated bonuses that that may go with them. That that's the part of it that maybe I've you know unclear about which which parts of those bonuses within the contract end up going with the with the contract or staying with the team. I don't know if Gino would be less likely to be traded before free agency starts or after or closer to the draft. When that would necessarily kick in, I, if I were the team, I probably wouldn't trade him until after free agency, I suppose. Yeah. The timeline of if he were to be traded at all, uh, I think we focus so much on the Seahawks perspective of that instead of the potential trade partners, right? Uh, you would imagine that, you know, if you're going to trade for Gino for this year, you'd probably want to trade one of your draft picks for this year 
and not have to trade a future draft pick if you waited till after the draft to acquire Gino at that point. And then you're kind of settled and you know what you're doing in the draft and all of that good stuff for this upcoming year. So um, that's one part of it. The other part of it is I think if he were to be traded, it just, it, I have no like insider information or anything like this. It's just a gut feel is that it would most likely in my mind be a situation like um, let's say a caliber of a Kirk cousins type uh, player ends up blown out as Achilles in training camp. And that was their hope for that season. The Seahawks have drafted a quarterback at that point and they get a legit offer for somebody like Gino for a team who had their starting quarterback ready to go. We're looking to make a run, but they got injured early. That seems like probably the most likely scenario for me, but it's funny. You ran through all the numbers, Brandon, and uh, go through all that. And every time we get on the pod during this time of year, and I question something about John over here, I, I don't like that over there or whatever it is. Right. You get the pushback. Well, are you smarter than John Schneider? Um, no. And this right here, <laughs> Right. These numbers you just put up there, that proves it. That's all gobbledygook to me, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. I know he's a hell of a value for a really good quarterback, but prorated, non-prorated base salary, different dates and all that. Who knows, man? Like, I, I have no idea. But my overall gut says that they're going to go with Geno Smith this year even if they do draft a quarterback and it's been interesting to hear him talk, not just about Geno, but they've been talking a lot about Drew, too, in the press conferences, Clinton. Yeah, every every time they bring up Gino, they bring up Drew, uh, which which is interesting. That's a take for sure. The other piece about the timing, Adam, that you mentioned is also you got the combine coming right up, right? That's coming right right up in a couple of days to start, and then the legal tampering period starts right on the heels of that. So if you are to trade a dude, uh, a lot of the a lot of folks say that the combine is kind of where a lot of that horse trading happens. A lot of those conversations happen, and then lo and behold, you get this. You get these trades that that come out of that. Of course, humans are together face to face, or you know, over a beer or two at night, and they get they get to talking, right? Um, so that that does make sense. So the the period would seem to be if I was a team wanting to acquire Gino, and there are several out there that I think that that are contender ish and a solid QB away from being you know a pretty legitimate contender in their own right. There's you know, at least three or four in my opinion. We'll see if they make any bold moves or attempts there, but I I would think it would happen fairly soon so that you could position your QB before or right in line with when free agency is happening. Cuz you got to make other decisions. So if you're able to make a trade and lock up what you believe is your starting QB, that gives you a lot of freedom even before the draft so you could so you could get the legal tampering going the way you want it to go and then you can have a really clear path when it comes to draft time with what do you want to do with your team so i do think it's kind of hot and heavy the next two weeks or so with all that said i don't think there's any smoke here guys and brandon i really don't i just i do not see a such a young group of coaches walking away from a free square i just look at gino as such a free square and if we improve our freaking line, every metric you look at shows that that Gino could be top seven, top five type QB if he has if he has solid protection. If he had like Dak like protection, well, guess what, guys? I think he put up Dak like season numbers, and then dare I say, probably perform better in the postseason too. What do you think, Brandon? I think that what you're saying about not having any smoke around this it's it's why I think the Seahawks as an organization are making a mistake right now 
if you were trying to build intrigue around this idea of Gino being the guy, being a top quarterback that another team that's just a quarterback away, if they're just a court, if, if you had Gino Smith on your team, then you'd be willing, you know, you, you'd want to put together a, a nice trade package, yeah, but the 40, I like don't, the 49ers, yeah. yeah, but I don't hear John Schneider talking up Gino Smith as a great quarterback in the media right now. I don't hear Ryan Grubb gushing about Geno Smith. I don't hear Mike McDonald gushing about Geno Smith. Oh yeah, he's on the roster. He was at the Pro Bowl. They're kind of offhand comments and that's not like they're doing that to Drew either other than mentioning him along with Geno. And that's a little bit weird just because he's going to be a free agent. Now, maybe they're able to work that out and they expect him to be under contract, but and you would talk about a guy that maybe you want to keep around. But if you're if you want some smoke around this idea that Geno Smith is tradable and should be a quarterback worth trading for, you should be out there talking it up more. Talk about how great he is. I'm not sure that you need to make a big sales job for that, Brandon. Like I, I think the value of Geno Smith do. is obvious. You need to because obvious. fans need to be excited. Fans of other teams need to yeah, be excited that when that when that deal goes down. Yeah. So when the deal goes down, then you, then you just rile up the fan base after like, I, I don't think these GMs care that much about the fans and their reaction at the end of the day. I mean, I, I'm sure it plays a factor, but I, I don't think it's the number one thing that's on their mind, but I would disagree with you on like no smoke. Like the idea that they keep bringing up drew is interesting to me because if they are going to draft quarterback in the draft, and I think it's probably I, that feels more likely than not likely if it breaks, you know, a way that they like. And it seems like there's a lot of different paths to a lot of different uh, quality prospects of this draft. Then there's no guarantee that they want to see Gino as the bridge guy. Maybe they want to see Drew as the bridge guy. Sign him to a deal that's maybe even less than Gino. Trade Gino. Recoup a. I don't know what would you get for him. Like it, maybe you get a second. Like maybe if you hyped them up more, you'd get a second. <laughs> you, look, these guys are way too smart to deal with the hype one way or the other. Our like, guys are way too smart. I you talk about you think Washington's GM's way too smart? You think no idea. The Carolina GM's way too smart? I don't know. I no think idea. they could be they could Broncos, be Broncos, Broncos. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Exactly. Was, uh, called, uh, yeah, something was called deep in my throat that sounded like mm -hmm. Broncos. Um and the the thing that's funny too for me is I, I think it's not smoke. And then there's others out there that are, that see it really the exact opposite way that they think almost the disrespect, if you will, like they're not, they're not saying those words, but tantamount to the disrespect of not saying, Oh yeah, well, duh, he's our starter. Like, look at, look at his stats. He's a, he's a really good starter. We have him on a team friendly deal. He's not going anywhere, but there are others who feel strongly the opposite way that, that the disrespect, if you will, is a sure sign that, that they they don't they don't intend to keep him and Adam I think that was a little bit more what you were getting at but I also think when they're just making sure they talk about Drew also in my brain I think their their most successful outcome very well might be that they bring back both quarterbacks in a, in a structure that works for the team I kind of get the feeling that that that's what they actually want to do is bring back both and maybe not draft a QB. I know it's a QB rich draft, but they don't have a second rounder this year. That's a pretty, that's the area in which for not getting the first four or five QBs, 
Well, then when would you take a QB? A high level one, most likely second round, maybe third round for sure. But they don't have a second rounder, right? So I don't know. I think maybe they're they're trying to pull this inside straight where they bring they just bring both dudes back. I'm not sure. That's that's the vibe I get. It gives you the most flexibility going into the draft if you have your two quarterback spots already locked up. And then, you know, you can throw out that idea of other, oh, well, maybe other teams or they don't think that you're going to take a quarterback because you already have Drew and Geno. So then maybe they're thinking that you're going to, yeah, that you're not interested in quarterback and maybe that'll help move around the draft board. There's people that throw out that as an argument too. So I, I see some benefit, like you said, especially if Drew is at a similar number as he was in years previous. It's a really team friendly type deal. And maybe he doesn't want to go anywhere. He just had a baby. Why not stay in Seattle? Hey, uh, come back for about the same number as last year. And then if something happens and you do draft a quarterback, you got an extra spot or shoot, maybe we actually have a coach now that wants to carry three quarterbacks on a roster and develop a quarterback while you have two other worthy starters or worthy uh, starting caliber quarterbacks on the roster. Are we sure Drew Locke wants to be back with the Seahawks? Like, I don't know. In any way, if, especially if Gino is going to stay on the roster. Like, I would imagine that Drew's going to be looking for an opportunity somewhere where he at least has a shot to compete for a starting gig. You heard him talk about it all season last year when he did get a chance to play. And, you know, he had the big moment in the Eagles game at the end of the game. The rest of the game didn't look that great. I don't know how many teams are going to be interested either. So it's it's super fascinating that way if you're gonna go and draft a quarterback then don't bring both guys back that that that's the way that i would look at it and people are talking about the idea of well they don't talk glowingly enough about gino like i heard john in one interview say well they always are going about whether or not the draft guys were pete's guys or my guys and da, 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 and he mentions gino and he's like that's not pete's guy he's also my guy he's also my guy and that's a stamp of approval there. You heard Ryan Grubb talk about him and he had a lot of positive things to say about Geno Smith and they were all true and they weren't window dressing. Also, Geno plays a style that I think is closer to Penix than say even Drew Locke, right? In right. a guy that can stand in the pocket and make the throws and do all those things. I'm not saying Penix can't run. He's, he can be mobile for sure. Just like Geno. So I think he's a guy that could fit into whatever system Grubb is going to run this year. And he's shown he can get the most out of those players. So the idea that they haven't been like, oh yeah, for sure. Gino's our starter, but that's a slap in the face. And he's getting traded for sure. I'm not buying that for two seconds, man. This is a brand new coaching staff. That's just getting in there and just starting to dig into all this. They need a minute to figure out what it is that they're going to do and build that strategy. So I don't read much into that. Okay, well, around the horn, before we get on out of here, the news about the Geno Smith contract restructure, more likely, less likely that he's on the roster in 2024. I'll start with you, Clinton. More likely. That's it. Adam. Same likely. He's super valuable and he'll be super valuable going forward. Like It doesn't change anything. You're both wrong. It doesn't change anything. It's it's not more likely. It's not less likely. It's I just a say, change in the number. That's what Adam said. Yeah. How am I wrong? I just okay. Well, you. you and I are right, Adam, and Clinton's okay. wrong. 
All right, fair enough. All right. Fair enough. It's, yeah. it's, it's okay. It's okay to stand alone on this one because I because I know I'm right. Gino's gonna be our quarterback in 2024. If it is that way, I, I'd be more than pumped. I'm still gonna be cheering on our Seahawks. I For can't sure. wait. It's gonna be a fun offseason. And I think with that, gentlemen, there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.